0: Hi, this is Tony Ruggiero. Thanks for listening to The Tour Coach. These are the players, coaches, experts, stories and insights from my work on the PGA Tour at my retreats or my downtown teaching center in Mobile, Alabama. My goal is to shed light and share insights from the people who I've gotten to know and meet working on the PGA Tour and teaching through my career. And I hope this helps all of us play, coach and teach better golf. If you like what you hear, please give us a good review and take a look at our new Sweepers YouTube channel or the Sweeper on Instagram, where I've taken some time to share videos of help from my teachings, travels and journeys. For this edition of our golf coaches forum, got the regular suspects, Justin Parsons, Wayne Flint, Jackson Court joining me. But today, I thought it would be great to have join us. He's become a good friend of mine. He does an unbelievable job in the media and promoting instruction. He's the instruction editor of Golf Magazine, Golf.com. Luke Kerr-Deneen. Luke, thanks for sitting in and joining us. Please. Thanks for thinking of me. I appreciate it. You know, so we've been getting, I know Justin, I think Wayne, you guys, we've all had this, we're getting lots of, uh, I've had tons of direct messages, emails, people that thank us for doing this, young teachers, particularly that are for putting out this information. One of the things I kind of wanted to ask you, you've been, you've, you were a really good player. You've been around instruction. For these young teachers coming up, I thought it'd be interesting to kind of pick your brain for what you see, how the world of the instructor is evolving and changing over the years. Obviously, we've been doing it a long time or some have been doing it longer. But, you know, for these young teachers, maybe talk a little bit about how you see the world of instruction is changing. And then maybe we could talk a little bit about the things that, from a person in the media that you look for, like things that young teachers can do to get themselves noticed, to draw attention to themselves, other than obviously teach good players and be good at it, but kind of shed some light on things that that these up and coming and that teachers can do.
1: Yeah. So I guess from my perspective, I mean, I always come at this from like a bit of a player's perspective, because I'm, you know, I'm not a coach and would be an atrocious one if I was, but I'm just, you know, college player and still play recreationally. And you know, so from my experience in this industry, I found that, you know, when I was a junior golfer, it was all about like throwing up a video of Nick Faldo and trying to hit positions, you know, mm-hmm. and that was really it. Like the closer you were, the better you're gonna be and that and that's kind of it. Very much like in response to the video camera technology that was front and center at that time, right? And then what I've noticed over the years and especially being really close to it now in my role at golf.com and golf magazine is that it's all become a lot more like personalized. You know, people, coaches, you know, you guys are on the cutting edge of so many different things. And now you ask questions like, what can your body do? Where are your physical limitations? How can we address those? And if not, how can we tailor a move around what you physically can do? And I think you guys, you know, the proof's in the pudding, right? Like it's amazing the way you guys can look at a player do adjustments squeak a few extra miles per hour and get them hitting it better and you know turning them into a better player really quickly and then you know in, a, in both the short term and then the longer term sort of development plan that goes along with that i think from a media perspective it's like a double-edged sword because you know when a coach has a method like this is how this is the ideal swing and it's like, it's very simple. And that's easy to like convey to like a large audience of people, you know, this is my method. It's called this, this is what you need to do. And if you do all of it, if you check all those boxes, you'll play the golf of your dreams. Like coaching is more complex than that. It seems like nowadays, right? So I think the challenge from a media perspective is trying to convey the messiness of like, Tailoring your approach to players, but trying to make that in a way that's simple to the guy who's just scrolling through Instagram coming onto golf.com. That's really like, I think, the North Star where we should be aiming at. And, uh, you know, as media people, and my advice to any coaches, like, you know, if you can give the student on the other end of this a little better understanding of what you're trying to do, then you've won. You know, it doesn't mean you need to explain everything all at once, it just means you're trying to get. That ball moving a little bit further. Um, you know, you're trying to get you're trying to get them moving a little bit more towards the goalposts every time
0: they kind of interact with you. You know, Justin, I'd ask you to comment on this. I think that that's one of the things I learned early on. Like I watched young teacher I, when I was crazy young, and Wayne, you remember, I had this urge to. I remember my old mentor said I didn't need to tell everything I knew about the golf swing in the first 15 minutes of the lesson, and but I, that's kind of how I was. I'd wanted to impress somebody because. You know, they were paying for a lesson, but I think the art of teaching and as you get better is you realize that, you know, you're trying to tell them as le- little as possible and get the job done. There's no doubt about that. You know, anytime, referring back to to Luke's
2: points, anytime I ever get bogged down into thinking that something has to be done in one specific way, you know, forgive my French, but it bites me in the ass. You know, at some point it bites me <laughs> in the ass and it's, it's such, you know, it's it, it just such an individual it's such an individual sport, and you know, somebody said to me once, you know, if if, if you're ever if you were ever told or critiqued as a teacher that you're complicated, it's never meant as a compliment. Whereas if, if somebody says, oh yeah, you know, Tony <laughs> stuffs really Tony stuffs really simple, that's almost always meant as a compliment because it means that whatever you've said, they've understood and they've been able to do it, and it hasn't made them made them feel like they're you know awash with different thoughts and things, which as we know, we, we you know, we can't be there in, when we're playing golf anyway. So, you know, to Luke's point, I think we probably need to do a better job of kind of subdividing. And I said to you, Tony, when we were having one of our chats, the, the, the training element of the sport and the preparation element of the sport and the performance element of the sport and making sure that people understand, you know, exactly where they are within those three elements and the performance nature of the sport should not contain a lot of swing thoughts and a lot of different ideas and and the, the performance element of the sport is the same as going out to play a game of tennis or a game of soccer or a game of baseball you're there to perform and you're there to try and in our case shoot the lowest score possible and when you're doing that all you're trying to do is hit good golf shots and you're not really thinking about a great deal of mechanical things anyway so I think sometimes the world of golf instruction gets almost polarized from the world of performance and and, and that's something I think that has probably
0: not stood us in good stead as teachers over the years. I love that. And I I was going to get you guys to comment on. I think one of the things I've tried to do and find is that I've tried to understand what my weaknesses are, the areas that I'm not very strong. And I've tried to I've tried to surround myself with people that are good at those things, you know, because I noticed that as I was going along in my career, after I'd kind of gone on my own, that there were things in the science and in the biomechanics and maybe in fitness that I, you know, I wasn't near as I didn't have a clue about or it's good. But I, I realized that that's where our business was going. If you were going to develop players and you were going to develop really, you know, you wanted to coach at that level. So I think that one of the things people could do and Luke, if you don't mind talking about what you see out there, but is surrounded, you know, I see more people and I know JP, you've got them at sea Island. I mean, there's people you work with that are good at different, you know, on the fitness side. And I see more people blending other talents with them, so that they can offer more to a student or so that they can help figure out whatever it is, the person's missing piece of the puzzle.
1: Yeah. You know, and I think like, I mean, to bring it back to two points, like to, or rather to frame this, like your average golf magazine reader is like 12 handicap, like plays all the time, kind of has like Mm -hmm. a fleeting knowledge, like of golf instruction stuff. So like, may have heard the words early extension, may know what that one means, but may at the same time think strong grip is, like, gripping firm. You know, like, so there's some real mis... Like, they just don't know that there's not a huge, like, deep knowledge set that they're working with. Some of them want to commit to, like, bigger, like, overhauls in areas of their game, and other ones just want to, like, play a little bit better tomorrow. So I think if that's the context with, like, you know, where golf magazine content deals with like help, how do you help that guy? I think it comes down to two things. The first is like helping them like self-diagnose. This is the thing that sort of keeps me up at night sometimes where like, you know, for guys hitting pushes uh, or, you know, hitting blocks and thinking that they're hitting slices because the ball's going right and everything that goes right is a slice. And they see a tip that's like how to eliminate your slice, you know, get shallow or whatever, and they like, oh, I need to get more shallow. Like that golf is gonna, <laughs> that golf gonna get worse, right? So <laughs> being able to give that golfer the tools to like self-diagnose what they're seeing with their game, and then like either look for the right certain kind of content because of it, or you know, like make a, the adjustments on their own. That to me is like something that I think coaches are like indispensably important for, right? Like being able to help a player understand golf and what they're seeing in their own games is hugely important. And then like along those lines, sometimes like they may, you know, hit the ball pretty good. They know their tendencies. They know how to do it straight, but they may just be doing user error type stuff, right? Like they may struggle with alignment. They may struggle with a routine that gets them in the correct posture. You know, consistently, they may struggle with like knowing how to practice their web. So I think that that's another, that's going back to JP's sort of performance thing, right? Like giving them some, giving somebody like a framework for how they should practice is like, you know, that's not as the traditional golf instruction stuff, like, oh, hit this position. But that is content that we actually see hitting on golf.com and golf magazine all the time. You know, like giving somebody like, hey, this is something you should do if you have 20 minutes on the range and be almost treat it like a, a recipe that you're going to cook a meal from, <laughs> you know, like do try this, do this, hit different targets, hit different shots. Like that I think is something there's a real appetite for that.
0: I think that people make the that we just assume some teachers assume that the student knows as much as we do right like that they they know about pre-shot routine or they know how to aim or they know about those you know or they know how their grip's supposed to be and things like that and 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 people jump into these more complicated things and you start seeing them talk about wrist angles and all these things and whereas you know you're talking about the 12 handicapper that loves to play that hits a slice i mean they they probably they need all of the basic stuff that, you know, sometimes we overlook. Like even explain in low point. I see teachers not explain stuff like that in the beginning. And then four lessons down the road, the student starts talking about how they tried to get under the ball or something like that, you know, and it's like, well, you yeah, know, they never really understood what the concept was. in the first.
1: Yeah. In some ways it's funny because some people will say like, oh, well, you know, the best thing you can do is like, see how a pro player you know, plays golf and then relate that to the amateur golfer. I mean, and like, I get it. I it's, it's true, but in some ways there's like, there's more overlap than you think, because when I see you guys out there working with a tour player, fine tuning them right before a a tournament, like in some ways that's kind of like the average golfer needs a dose of the basics, you know, like mm-hmm. fine tuning the little things, the, the stuff in their setup in how they should practice, like how they should improve their chips, how they should think about playing a certain hole. This is stuff that like recreational golfers who play all the time, like it's pretty front and center to their like golf experience. Right. So I do think it's something that is, uh, you know, it, it, there's a lot of value there. JP, what you, you have anything to add to that? Yeah, I think it's, it's
2: interesting. You know, when when you speak to guys like Luke, and, and he's he's kind of got his finger in the pulse with you know with what the public need and what the what the average golfer, you know, he's saying about a twelve handicap. It it's interesting. It does go more towards the performance place. You know, how to get a ball around the golf course, how to work. You know, the Vision fifty four uh, ladies out in Arizona. That you know that kind of thing is 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 such workable information. Whereas you know being able to get into more flexion in your left wrist and transition is just something that's that is really cool, and we all would love to be able to be athletic and be like Xander Shoffley in our transition, but you know it's that's not to say we can all do that. but we, I guess what we can do going around to it is to figure out the best way for us to be able to play golf with the way that we swing and the with the the way that we can the way that we can play our ball flights, you know our strengths and our weaknesses and yeah, you know, I think for the for the coaches listening, I think being able to to kind of leave an area in your in your brain for for that type of information for like okay, let's take something that's very imperfect and try and do our best with it. And generally speaking, when you're working with recreational golfers, I think that approach is probably quite well received. No, I
0: agree, Wayne. What do you think?
3: You know, one thing I try to do with all of my students, I try to get them to understand the the one or two things that are really really important for their golf game. I mean, because there's so much information that's out there, and, and it's great information, and and I, I love my people to be involved in it and, you know, check out all the YouTube and everything, but I try to, you know, get them onto the one or two things and understand why it's really, really important for them to work on the one or two things and what what those things will do to enhance their game and push their game forward, you mm. know, and it, it's amazing to me, you know, how people will, you know, run down another rabbit hole on some stuff that they really don't need to worry about sometimes i mean they're they're clearly not maybe good enough to do that recreational golfers are not good enough to do that and nor do they need to try to do it sometimes they need to maybe work on their left hand grip you know things like that yeah you know, i had a conversation today with one of one of my better players and he's out playing in colorado and and didn't have the type of day he wanted to have and you know a couple text messages later and I, I couldn't stand it anymore i had to i just picked the phone up and and called him because he was you know he was spiraling not not very well as we've all had that happen you know with good players and and it was amazing just a, a simple five minute conversation and and saying uh, you know patrick this is this is your tendencies and these are things that you've done for a long time and i think if we get back to the simple the simple thing of making your setup really good and and getting the ball in the right place and You know, you've tended to always, you know, do some stuff where you just lift your arms and you really don't turn your body very well. And, and it sounds to me like that's what's happening to you. And, you know, let's go out there and commit to, you know, just trying to put everything together very simply and, and try to, to do a couple of things that we've done in the past that have worked. And lo and behold, 10 minutes later, I get a text back, wow, what a, what a session. It's been great the last few minutes. What a crazy game. And, you know, it, little things that can really make a big difference if a person truly understands what their swing is and what their game is, you know? And and I think that goes for, you know, a, a 20 handicapper, a 12 handicapper, a, you know, a four handicapper and, and guys that are, you know, trying to get their card and maybe even, you know, more guys that have their card, right? You guys, JP, you and Tony see that more than I do. I'm not out there as much right now because I've had guys in the past, but don't have a person right now with any status on the PGA tour. And, you know, I, I think it's, I think it goes right across the board with everybody. So I try to really clear it up in the, in the person's mind, like Luke was saying, let, you know, let them understand what, what, what they do and what their, what their tendencies are. And I try to make that very clear to the people. And I try to do that going you know, back to the first question. I try to do that very simply. I, I try to not get too many complex things going on and, you know, something a person can take away and work on, and you know, have their have their good weekend at the club and and play some good golf, and you know, and get a lot better. You know, as the time goes on. I'd, I'd be
2: interested, Tony, just real quick. Um, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. You know, and when when we talk about it, like you and I and and, and Wayne and you know and Jacks, we talk about it. It's, it's clear that for the younger coaches, you you want to try and treat these people like gold dust as they are, and like individuals, and you want to try and bring them forward, and you you know. Wayne's left the phone and I'm talking to his clients and, you know, you t- you've talked about the little comment cards and I use coach now we're trying to connect everything. And, you know, from, from Luke's perspective then and from the young teachers, it's like, I think there's a, there's quite an onus on like having an Instagram profile. Like I remember a couple of years ago deleting my Twitter handle because I just didn't like the platform anymore thinking I was going to delete Instagram as well. And then somebody said, you know, in, in the United States Instagram is your kind of like golf instruction business card. <laughs> Mm -hmm. So, you know, I'd be interested to know from Luke's perspective for, from, you know, I know I'm not going to ask him about like how a younger coach would need to develop, but just like how he would see, you know, the profile on Instagram and how to develop that and how that might uh, link in with what, with what coaches are doing.
1: Yeah. So I think like anytime you can go Instagram to get closer audience is like a, is like a really good thing. And I feel like coaches always come out better the other and so like you know justin like you do a bunch of those q and a's right you'll fire them off and like i know we have written them up for golf.com because they're so good but like and I, I don't know i don't know if you're surprised at some of the questions that come in but to me that's like a great example of like wow like you know these questions start flooding in from from, from students and sometimes they're like quite like complex on a tactical level like what should we do and then other times they're like a little more basic like you know, how, I don't know, there's like a basic posture question. So I, I like stuff like that. I, one of the things I always find interesting is that, you know, like, I, I think sometimes you guys forget maybe how interesting some of the stuff you're doing is, um, because you're just like making magic all the time on the lesson to you. But like, you know, if you have a student, like sometimes like a student will see themselves in other students, right? And they'll say, oh, that that's me. So if you're on the range with somebody, and whether it's a tall player who's struggling with certain kinds of chips or, you know, and 15 handicap who's, you know, maybe looking for a bit more distance and you're helping, trying to help them turn, like that's, you know, that may seem like a bog standard lesson to you, but that's really interesting stuff, I think, to a lot of people in the right dosage. So like, you know, being able to like, even get in a situation where, you know, you're videoing a student of yours doing a drill, and then you explain it in the caption, and then you get into a habit of doing this, you know, daily, once a day or something, or multiple times, or a few times a week. That's like more, I think there's like, you'll get traction that way because it's like you're keeping, you're like explaining a little corner of golf that the golfer doesn't sort of know already. So I think there's like real, real value in that. And in some ways, that shows you guys in. Like the light where you feel probably most comfortable in, which is, you know, your your coaches and you're showing the world you're coaching. You're not having to get in front of a camera and you know, like, say some you know two minute diatribe about like do this, do that. Where you may not feel comfortable, you can like very much operate in your element of like like today. I'm helping this slicer get better, and this is a job that helps. You know, Um, and
2: and look real real quick. Sorry, because a lot of the guys are younger, and this is. Would you recommend them to do reels? Would you recommend them to do, you know, to put some music to it? And I see a lot of that. I don't do that because I'm kind of getting a bit ancient, and boring. But um, the guys watching are probably thinking, well, how's the best? What's the best way for me to connect it up?
0: I'm getting you on TikTok, Carson. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. So every now and again, Instagram will roll out a new platform like reels. And then every time they do, they'll boost the engagement for that new product that they're trying to get out there. You know, so you're like, so reels is relatively new. Like right now on golf.com, we see that anytime we do a reels, it hits disproportionately harder than if we were to do a regular Instagram post, because Instagram is trying to like encourage users to do that. You know, that, that, that's like a, a quick hack in some ways. When something new comes out, the sooner you adopt it, the you know, you can sort of. The more can, The more you'll get exactly i think in a nutshell if you divide it down by like reels is for 15 second content stories is for 30 second content and instagram posts are for like you know one and a half two minute type content the upside of reels is that and stories is that it will keep you in people's psyche like more basically so you know if i do mm -hmm. a story a day It's almost like, you know, I'll see Justin's or, you know, or Tony's like uh, Instagram profile pop up in my feed a little more. And then that may drive me then to the rest of his profile. You won't get that if you're just posting on your profile. So I think my general advice is to be like, you know... I would probably try to do a couple stories, maybe like one or two stories a day, just to kind of keep, just to give us to provide a snapshot into your life on the lesson tea. Just so you can kind of continue populating people's feeds, you know, keep getting the story's the one on the top, right? The one on the top, exactly. And then Jackson, don't laugh at me. And then the Instagram, like Instagram, like post itself, that would be like for your. If you if you're trying to make it get a point across or, you know, share yeah.
0: something. No, that's fantastic. And, and I, I, to me, your Instagram is almost replaced like your website, like almost you don't necessarily You know, I mean, I remember when we'd go to teaching summits and they had people come in this before you, Luke, and they talked to us about building our websites and all that. Like to me, it's, I mean, I, I get more people that come to me and ask questions. And I, I think it's people I think people get kind of a taste of what you're like in a lesson from your Instagram. Mm-hmm. And they, they, I get a lot of people, I mean, not a lot, but I get people that come to me because they say they like the stuff that they saw. And another thing I would say is I think you want your Instagram or the stuff you to put out to be like what your lesson is and like how you act and to be authentic. I don't think you want to be different than how, try to be something you're not on regular yeah, lessons.
1: Totally agree with that. You'll just come across as inauthentic, you know? And like, there's no, and like what you see is that there are multiple different kinds of, people who resonate on social media just because they're being who they are. You know, mm-hmm. the only thing that maybe should keep an eye on is like, it's like pick one point and try to make it well in like your comment, you know, cause you guys know you've forgotten. You guys have forgotten more about the golf swing than I know. Right. It, but like when you're talking about a, a minute or 30 seconds or 15 seconds, like it's, a, you're trying to make one
0: point succinctly and clearly. Very good. Jackson, you got any questions? Nothing from the crowd yet. If people want to throw out some questions, we can definitely ask them. Somebody texted me one. Hold on. One of the questions was, you know, like how media can be used in a good way. And I think from teachers, what you just talked about was the way we can use it in a positive way. But I also think like Wayne, you touched on it. I mean, I love students coming to me with articles or with videos and stuff from golf.com or or whoever, because I think it shows that they're thinking. And then you, you know, I've, hell, I've, I've turned on and I've found drills. I've, I've stolen some of JP's stuff before. He probably doesn't know Damn it. it. But I, I'm not afraid to steal something from somebody. Damn and it. so I, I think that as a resource for a student, it's fantastic because I think it gets them thinking about getting better. And then if you do a good job explaining why you've got them working on what you have, you know, and explain why this tip either is good for you or is not good for you, it builds credibility. That's something, Tony. That you know, again, Luke could probably kind of help us with. You know, I I did a
2: lot of videos back in Dubai times. We do, did a lot of videos, but you know, instructional videos. And I remember Claude was you know working a little bit with Greg Rose and Dave Phillips and doing you know, let's do this ninety seconds to two minutes. Learn to be able to present and learn to be able to to speak on a video and, and like Luke said, deliver your content. I'd be interested to know again from from Luke's side, like how important that would be for a young teacher coming up to be able to to get comfortable doing that and get comfortable in front of the camera and get posting, you know, even some videos where he's not necessarily, or she's not necessarily with a, with a client, but just explaining some things and explaining some points.
1: Yeah. It's a really good point, JP, because like, like I would definitely recommend like getting in front of a camera as soon as possible, because like, look, like, you know, that it doesn't, it's not like if you're naturally good on camera, what, always do stuff with you and if you're not we work. like it doesn't work like that you know we'll help you know like we'll help everyone basically but like the more comfortable you are on camera the more content like we can do from, from our perspective you know the it just becomes easier for everyone right like it's less of your time it's more content you get more bang for your buck in that respect so yeah i would say like definitely get used to like doing reps some tips i would provide when it comes to that is like don't try to do too much with with one thing. So for instance, like, you know, an Instagram can be a good training platform in this, but if, you know, if you're trying to make one point well on Instagram, that's really the priority. Like don't try to focus on on making that as clearly and succinctly as possible without spiraling off into like a variety of other directions because you can always do like more content, following up content on that. You know, like you could do a video series, for instance, about like, Starting with the posture, moving to the takeaway, moving to mid back swing, whatever it is. So, but I think like the value there is like if a user on the other end who doesn't know, you know, that 12 handicap golf magazine reader can walk away with that with like just a slightly clearer understanding of what you're trying to say, that's key because you're not trying to get them to understand the entire golf swing in 30 seconds. You're trying to get them to understand, you're trying to raise their golfing IQ like a little bit in 30 seconds. Um, So, that's what I think is really important but yeah back to your point jp like kind of comes down to reps in some ways like i always found for me like everyone has to find their own process with this i've always found it helps to write down like a few key points that i know i want to hit like some people like reading from a script i don't personally but i know if i want to hit like this key point that key point this key point then like you know i'll like actually go through the process of writing that down then like speak in front of a camera and that helps me format it in my brain a little bit more without feeling too scripted. Um, and then the only other piece of advice I would say is that, you know, like really taking a conscious effort to like up the energy anytime you're in front of a camera is really important. Um, even though you'll feel maybe a little goofy doing it at first, like they've done studies on this and they found that, you know, so, so something like a norm, there are all these little cues that humans do that when you put them in, that when you put a camera in between them and the person on the other end, for whatever reason, those little cues get stripped away. So, like speaking at your normal level will actually seem like you're speaking a slightly less energetic level. So you kind of have to get to like 120 percent of what you actually are just to just to be coasting around your normal energy level. So yeah, right. you really got to like up the energy, up the intensity a little bit more. And even though you may feel like uh, I feel a little goofy doing this, it's like you're
0: not going to come across not going to come across. So yeah, that, that's, that's just something to keep an eye on. Brilliant. Thank you, Luke. So we talked about, you know, like you talked about how teachers can use social media. What about the students, the 12 handicappers? If Luke, if you were advising 12, 15 handicappers how to use social media to get better at golf, what would you tell other than go to golf dot com?
1: I would say like try to understand what the teacher on the other end is getting you to do. I mean, that that's the big thing I think for me that a lot of students struggle. They struggle with self-diagnosing and you know they'll see all these teachers online and they will not entirely understand like what the gist is like what are they trying to get them to do um in some ways that's why you see a guy like a friend of mine like george gankus that's one of the reasons why he resonates is because people get like what he's trying to do right like they're like oh hit this you know like this is a good matchup for you this is a good position for you and like it's very clear what like you know what, what George is trying to get you to do, like shallowing the club, for instance. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm not making a. I'm not saying it's good or bad at all. I'm just saying, like, he. I think he does a good job at like keeping, like, as what he's trying to get students to do simple. So that's what I think that students are looking for. When students are looking for social media, looking through social media, I would say, like, what's the, like, what's the guy on the other end trying to get you, like, what is his like point of reference exactly? You know, is he trying to get you to swing a certain way? Is he trying to help you practice? Is he trying to help you understand your body? Is he trying to give you, like, specific drills, you know, and, like, seek out stuff that, you know, s- seek out those kind of
0: That's great. That's gold right there. Jackson, we got any questions, or do we need to let Luke go to tee off? I mean, Luke, what are you – are you caddying now?
1: <laughs> I'm not. I just grabbed my – got my sticks and I'm going to to link up with a friend of mine who's on the the back now.
0: (laughs) Jackson, you, you got any questions for us before we depart? There was a question about addressing trauma with players and how the coaches do that. But I think
2: we've touched on that in some previous forums. So I think we should thank Luke for coming
0: on and doing this. This was really helpful. I know I picked up some great nuggets as well. Man, it was really good luke awesome stuff thanks as always for you know when i text your most high maintenance top hunter guy here bothering you all the time thanks for always returning the text and for taking the time (laughs) to sit in with us uh, with us today and help some folks oh please thank you
1: thank you for thinking of me and uh yeah anytime you guys need anything obviously like i talk to tony all the time justin all the time so like Anytime you guys need anything, just don't hesitate to reach out.
0: Perfect. Thanks so thanks, much, guys. Thanks. JP, Wayno Jackson, talk to y'all later. Thanks, guys. Thanks, boy. Guys, appreciate everybody sitting in. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Tour Coach. I want to take a minute and thank Cordy Walker and Golf Science Lab, as well as my sponsors, Shrixion, Buick, Bushnell, and Vineyard Vines, for helping make all of this possible and helping me share my insights with you. If you like what you've heard, why don't you check out more on the Do Sweepers channel on YouTube, as well as the Do Sweeper on Instagram, or go to Dewsweepersgolf.com to find out more about my teaching, my travels, and where you can find out more about me.